Hey Joshua, this is Anesh from Minnesota, and I wanted to give a big thank you to you. Tomorrow is my wife's last day of work after she put in her notice three weeks ago, and I owe our new lifestyle mostly to the show and to some of the early retirement communities. Uh, let me explain. We have two young children, and we we've uh, been both commuting, spending about three hours to get them up, get them dressed, get them to daycare, commuting to work, having two cars, all the insurance and everything. And after listening to your show and really paying more attention to everything from how much taxes we're paying to just some of the year money or your life things that they advocate for in terms of looking at your lifestyle and where your time is going, uh, it's just made me really think about all of these things in a greater detail. And I was able to find about $30,000 in savings, uh, both from cutting out one car to lowering our tax bill to lowering my student loan payments uh, and all of this was through the inspiration from, from your show and then my obsessive dedication to kind of crunching numbers and looking closely so I just want to say that uh, starting Monday morning my quality of life is going to be better than it's ever been where I get to wake up take an express bus to work while my wife and kids get to sleep in and have a nice breakfast together and I can come home to a little bit more of a peaceful house so Thanks again for all you do, uh, and I look forward to all the future shows. Two major pieces of news today. Number one, we have an app, and it's very exciting. I'll tell you why. And number two, we're launching a crowdfunding campaign, and I would ask you to be involved. Welcome to the Radical Personal Finance Podcast. My name is Joshua Sheets, and today is Monday, February 9, 2015. And today, my friends, after weeks and weeks and weeks of work and delays and Joshua feeling totally flummoxed by techie stuff, I am thrilled to announce to you some changes in the show, and I'm going to ask for your help. Let's get straight to it with the launch of our new mobile device app, which I am very excited to tell you about. And then I will tell you about our new crowdfunding campaign, and I will ask you to be involved. But I want to lead off with the app. As of today, if you are on an Apple iOS device, so iPhone, iPad, or if you have an Android-based device of any type, or if you have a Windows phone, or if you have an Amazon Fire phone, we now have an app, and I would encourage you to check it out. You can download it from the App Store, and let me explain the functionality of it and the reason why I've gone to the trouble of creating it. This may be of interest to some of you, especially if you're running or want to start your own podcast, and I'll tell you what I've learned. Uh, for years, I, was, uh, I did most of my podcast listening with an Apple iPhone, and it worked great, especially after Apple came out with their own dedicated podcasts app, uh, which is built in now and released on every brand new iOS device and cannot be deleted, which is great for these, the business and the science and the industry of uh, science, the industry of podcasting. That's a thrilling announcement. And I knew that was coming. That was one of the reasons why I started the show when I did to make sure that I was out there because this is this is leading already to massive growth in the podcast listener sphere. Uh, but so for years I used that app and it's a great app. It does a great job. 
And I never understood why would anybody have an app? You know, I used to, if you pay any attention to web marketing or work with consumers, you find that people oftentimes, I want to have an app. Well, what do you want your app to do for you? And web developers quickly poo-poo and make fun of somebody who says, well, you just want an app. And they say a mobile website is better. And that's true, uh, except it's not in podcasting. Let me explain. I never understood how tough it was to listen to an, a podcast if you weren't already listening to podcasts. Because for me, it was always easy. But it is not always easy for people who are not already podcast listeners. Again, the Apple Podcast app worked great, and I never switched anything else. But as soon as I created a podcast and I started telling people about my podcast, then I started meeting lots of people who didn't listen to podcasts. And I found out that I had to explain a lot of steps to them. I had to say, if you're on an Apple device pre prior to the release of iOS 8, I had to say to them, okay, go in the App Store and search for an app called Podcasts. It has a little purple logo. Install that app and then open it. Then go to the search bar and then search Radical Personal Finance. Scroll down to the bottom and you'll see at the top are podcast episodes and at the bottom are podcasts. And look for the little orange logo for Radical Personal Finance. Click that button. Click subscribe. Now go back to the episodes. Click the, the feed button or whatever it's called and look through the archives and then pick a couple that look interesting to you click download those and then you can listen to them and that's as easy as it gets when you go into the android space it's worse and i never knew this until i switched from an iphone to an android device and all of a sudden you go into the android space now okay go into the google play store search for an app called dog catcher with two g's or search for an app called pocket cast or what was easy usually the easiest was search for an app called stitcher now once you download that go to the little search button you get the point it is horrendously difficult to teach people who aren't tech savvy and who can you know who are just learning to operate their phone how to actually operate a uh, <laughs> uh, uh, how to get a podcast and I realized, wow, I have got to create something better for the show because I need to make it very easy for people to listen to the show, and it's not currently easy. That was one of the that was the big aha moment that I had. I never understood that before actually starting the show and trying to tell people to listen to my show. How small still the podcast listening audience is. I said I need a solution. The second thing was 100 episodes when I accidentally redirected my iTunes feed to a dead feed and deleted thousands of subscribers. That was a pretty that was a pretty rough day for a podcaster. But if I'd had a way other than iTunes to reach people, I realized I could have kept more of my uh, audience base, which is leading to other things, which has I learned a lot, which led to other things that I'm learning, especially regarding a newsletter, uh, the newsletter that I'm beefing out and putting a lot more attention on so that I have email addresses for those of you who are listeners to the show. And that's another big major focus on. I'll cover that another day. So I realized I needed an app. And thankfully, my podcast host, Libsyn, came out with a really great service to create an app. And so I've gone through that process and we've released the, we've released the app. And I welcome you. Go to the store and check it out. As of today, February 9, 2015, it should be live. Uh, at the time of recording, the show. It's not live in the iOS store. I've just finally gotten the final approval, uh, but it should be live within 24 hours. So I'm guessing by the time this goes out and by the time you hear it, then it will be there in the iOS store. But it is presently there in the Amazon Fire store, and it's also presently there in the Google Play store. 
Uh, so what does it do? Well, basically, it just gives you direct access to the episodes of the show. It also gives you easy connection to all of the show's online social media presence. You can easily email the show. You can easily call the show right from the app. And it does have some functionality where I can release some extra bonus content, which I plan to do in the future as I can work on that. So I can release extra bonus content there right in that app. If you already have a podcast listening solution that you're happy with, Stick with that. There's no reason for you necessarily to go and change this app unless you just want to check it out and, and see. But it doesn't matter to me whether you know listen to my show in the Apple Podcast app, listen to my show in Pocket Casts or whatever app you use already or Stitcher is fine. doesn't matter. Uh, just, just go with that. But here's the deal. If you want to tell somebody about the show, here's what you need to know. All they need to know now is they need to have a smartphone and you simply need to tell them, go to your app store, doesn't matter what smartphone, with the exception of BlackBerry, which is very few, just tell them, go to the app store and search Radical Personal Finance and download the app. That's all they need to do. And that's the reason I created an application is I needed it to be possible for you to tell somebody that. And now going forward, this is going to dramatically improve my, my life. And so now when my mother who listens to the show is wanting to talk to one of her friends who just got a smartphone and is figuring out how to text, she can just simply say, go to the app store and search Radical Personal Finance and you can listen to Joshua's show. So that is the reason for the app. Check it out. Give me your feedback. It's, it's not intended to be any fancy personal finance application. Uh, that stuff, maybe I can build that out in the future. I certainly have my ideas, but that's not a current priority for me. This is just a way for you to spread the show. So please use this now as an easy point of entry. Tell anybody who has a smartphone who you want to listen to the show, tell them, download Radical Personal Finance from the App Store, and they, they're in. They're golden. They can listen to the show. Now, Let's get to our crowdfunding campaign, and I have been hinting at this for the last few weeks uh, on the show where I've mentioned that I was uh, updating the – some of the – I was updating the membership program, the Irregulars program. And I'm going to share this with you as I launch this new crowdfunding campaign that I'm doing using a site called Patreon. But I want to give you just a quick backstory on it so you understand. Uh, so over the first 100 episodes of the show, I was primarily kind of trying to figure out how do I learn to be an, a better broadcaster? How do I learn to put together better content? And then I felt over time that we had reached kind of a, a basic uh, level of listenership where either A, I could go ahead and um, you know launch a sponsorship program, advertising revenue, or I could come to the audience and ask the audience to support. And I am most comfortable with coming directly to the audience. And the reason is because of the industry in which I talk and the industry in which I deal. And not only is the professional financial advice industry rife with conflict of interest, and I'm aware of that. I talk about that constantly on the show. But you know, even just financial media is rife with conflict of interest. And as the landscape changes – and as the older traditional media loses much of its luster and loses much of its impact over the general population, there are a lot of changes going on in the so-called new media of independent, independently created content, some of which are great and some of which are not. But one of the ones that's not is there's a lot of undisclosed conflict of interest. And especially, I believe, I take very seriously when you're working in the financial advice space uh, that you need to be careful with that. And I just simply want to be as careful as I can. So 
when I was working through those my ideas and I'm thinking about what do I do? Do I bring on um, sponsorships? Do I do affiliate relationships and set up affiliate links for products and th- services that I endorse? I realized that I want my interests to be aligned purely with the audience. And so I wanted as a base at the very least of any kind of compensation from the show, I wanted a base to be directly to serve the audience. And I came up with the idea of a membership program. And I modeled this based upon uh, a couple of other podcasts that I I listened to, uh, the primary of which one was Jack Spirico's podcast called The Survival Podcast of how he had structured his show that really inspired me and I loved how he's done it over the years and I modeled mine on that. And in many ways, it was a raving success, and in many ways, it, it didn't work well. Uh, let me start with first even just the launch. The launch of, the, of this was a bit flawed on my end, and it was flawed for multiple reasons. I, did a, I just didn't do a very good job with it. I wanted to launch on episode 100 because I thought that would be an exciting uh, you know, episode 100, a nice milestone in the show's history. But I made some serious mistakes. The first one I already mentioned when talking about the app, I on episode, I think it was 97, I deleted every iTunes every iTunes subscriber uh, that I had. And this also affected many of the Android listeners. And to this day, I'm still fixing, trying to fix some of the dead links that exist out there in the internet because of my bad uh, link redirects. And it's still not done. So that was a problem where, you know, I'm getting ready and I was, you know, announcing, oh, we're going to have a big launch, big launch. And I receive email after email. Joshua, I was looking for episode 100. Where'd you go? <laughs> I had to kind of tell everybody. So that was that was pretty rough. But that and so that led to kind of a slower launch than I had expected. But even with that mistake, uh, well the other kind of problems up front was I didn't know exactly I wasn't launching with a great big product base of here's the product that I'm going to be releasing for the members. It was just I launched with a pr- with a promise that I would do things in the future. Even with that, I would say the launch was really really great. And I it created something called the Irregulars, and to date uh, I have eighty two awesome awesome people that signed up to support the show at a level of ten dollars a month. That blew me away. That that eighty two of you would sign up to do that, and many of the Irregulars uh, started with the deal that I offered for ninety nine bucks for the first year, which was great because it gave me a little bit of capital for the show and just allowed me to prove the concept that people out there are gaining enough benefit from this show that they're willing to support it financially that was that is awesome. Uh, the challenge that I faced was that I promised on the show page that there would be lots of extra content, but I didn't have any extra content ready to go. So the sales page just simply said, (laughs) and this was, I did not do a good job even with the launch from a sales perspective. I had a page that said membership. I posted a two hour podcast episode of Joshua rambling on about all the things I don't like about most of the compensation models in the industry. (laughs) And then I simply said, I don't have anything there in the membership site for you. And then when people signed up for the membership site, at the on the other side, it simply said, thank you for your support. I'll get something here for you soon. And still, there were 82 awesome supporters of the show that set that up for me. And I immediately started hearing from the audience, and I immediately wondered if I had done the right thing. So the first challenge that I faced was I really didn't want I, I didn't want to receive donations. I didn't want I don't want to put a donate button on the site because I don't 
I don't want charity. I want to be paid for my work, but I don't want charity. I don't, I don't, I mean, I, I appreciate it, but I don't need charity. I want, I'm a healthy, you know, I'm a healthy, equipped, uh, capable, uh, man, I need to work for, for my, uh, for my living. That's not, so I didn't need charity. And I, I mentioned that on that show and immediately I got, uh, some feedback from the audience. I got a, a voicemail from, uh, from Derek, uh, and some, an e- several emails that said, uh, Hey, Joshua, listen, it's not charity for us to send you money. Uh, we're just simply thanking you with our dollars. We're sending you certificates of appreciation with presidents printed on them, uh, the virtual version thereof, <laughs> and, and thanks for the, the content you're already creating. So you just put a donate button there. That's not charity in and of itself. And so I said, wow, okay, that's, that's true, and I, I see the value of that. So I immediately wondered if I had done the right thing. The next challenge that I faced was I received lots of emails from people saying, I want to support you, but $10 a month is just either beyond my uh, financial capacity right now, uh, or it is beyond, uh, it's just more than, than I'm ready to commit to. For example, on a show like this, uh, which I respect like crazy, but on a show like this, uh, Hopefully, you guys are as, and gals as, as listeners are being transformed from maybe you come in as a profligate spender and we're, we're steadily uh, transforming you into a focused, uh, a goal-focused tightwad where you're only spending money in line with your goals. Well, then when you – for some people, you know, $10 a month matters. You put that into the thing I preach constantly on the show and you say, well, if I'm going to support Joshua at $10 a month, then I need $3,000 of investment capital to, to support him in financial independence. And my hope is that I give you in excess of, of far in excess of $100 of value every month. You know, frankly, I'd love it. I mean, I've, I've received emails that it's been thousands of dollars of value. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, some of you just 10 bucks was too much. And I had no way to test the price point, actually. Uh, I had no way, usually what I would like to do in launching something like that would be to do some sort of market test and see, does the market respond well at, at $5 a month or at $50 a month? And and do an A-B t- a split test between those and figure out what does the market say? That would be how a good marketer would approach it. I didn't have any mechanism for where I could do that. So I just picked $10 a month out of the air. And I said, I think I know I can deliver far in excess of that of value, and it seems like a number. I've paid more than $10 a month for many subscription websites, and I have several that I subscribe to that are $10 a month, and it just made sense to me. So I also wondered, okay, do I have the right price point? And I didn't have any way to test the price point. Uh, other problems, you know, frankly, because my tech, the technology was a bit clunky, I was using a membership site to, to set up, but it just wasn't working well with my site, which is in the process of being redesigned. I've got to get a better site uh, loaded up. And, and oh, and then other things is I had listeners reach out to me directly. I had some very valued listeners, you know who you are, and I thank you uh, personally, for who simply said, we want to send you, we want to send you some money. They wrote to me and asked for my address, and, and I had promised to, to, you know, to publish that, but uh, I, they wrote to me and sent me some donations and just said, thank you. I've received lots of value uh, already, and I wanted to share that with you. So I, I knew that I was kind of doing some things not so well, but the big problem was the promise that I made. 
And the promise that I made for the Irregulars program was a promise of additional bonus content. Because of the way that I said it in the episode and even in the sales copy, I said, I'm going to create some additional members-only resources here for you uh, that will benefit you. But when I launched, I didn't have any resources that were there. And I wasn't quite able to figure out how do I create these based upon the size of the membership program. Here's what would happen. I've got ideas in my head for dozens of courses that I could create, some topics of which I've talked about on the show, but that I could tighten them up, bring together multiple shows, and create a, a life-changing course for somebody, some topics which I haven't covered on the show that are quite technical or maybe more suitable for a visual presentation. But the sheer investment of my time, of the number of hours that I have available per week, it's tough to know where to allocate those hours. So I plan on pretty much about a 60-hour work week. Uh, I've got 168 hours in my week, just like you do. And I think somewhere around 60 hours is a pretty decent amount of time to be working. Uh, the advantages that I have is I don't have a commute. I can start early in the morning. And so when I look at how do I divide those 60 hours up, I currently have 24 of them committed to uh, the contract that I have that pays my bills while I start this this show. Uh, and that leaves me with a total of 36 hours that I can devote toward creating content for the show. The types of shows that I do are fairly they're very time consuming to create. And they're time consuming for a couple of reasons. Number one, my shows are long. That in and of itself is time consuming. And due to the format, I, I feel it's an appropriate format for some of the depth of content that we get into, but my shows are long. Number two, there's a lot of them. So there's a new show, basically Monday through Friday. The last few weeks, there have been four shows per week, but uh, basically Monday through Friday is my publishing schedule. Uh, the content is very in-depth on most of the shows that I do, and that takes time. For example, if I was going to the Friday Q&A shows, if you listen to how I do them, I often will take about 15 to 20 minutes to, uh, to answer a, a question. Well, the reason is because I go fairly in-depth and I try to organize my in-depth comments in a way that makes sense. If I give a cursory two- or three-minute interview like answer like I would on the radio show, then I can just do that off the top of my head and I could sit down with a list of a dozen questions and, and do that. But to prepare you know, a, couple, a little bit of an outline for a 15- or 20-minute answer to a question, it takes, it takes some time. Uh, the interview shows are generally not very time-consuming, which is why, by the way, there's such a, a proliferation of interview podcasts. Those are, those are Interview shows are relatively easy to do, and I think they bring a great value, which is why I like doing them, uh, to the listener. Uh, and I try to do them well. I'm getting better. Some of them I'm not satisfied with, or, or some of them I am. But I try to do them well. But even to do them well requires some preparation, to be prepared with what's a line of questioning that I'm going to lead in. What is some the body of work? Where is somebody knowledgeable that would be interesting to an audience? Uh, scheduling it, you know, doing the preparation before putting the show together, doing the intros, doing the outros, editing the audio, uh, just it's it's time consuming. So even an interview show, probably I would estimate for me to do an hour interview show takes on average, an, well, an hour to. Well, I don't do hourly interview shows. They're always an hour and a half, and I always talk with the person for another 20 minutes on top of that. So there's two hours right there for the actual call. You know, 30 to 60 minutes of prep in advance, and then 30 to 60 minutes of audio editing and, and show notes. So an interview show is easily four hours. Uh, the content shows that I create, uh, to do them well, 
takes a substantial amount of time to bring together and figure out how am I going to convey this topic in a way that is comprehensive and yet understandable. It takes a lot of time to prepare those those shows, which is why in weeks like last week, when just as an example, I released four interviews last week, I don't want my show to become the interview central show. Uh, but I was working on writing web pages, you know, building out this the site for the Patreon site, working on um, you know marketing projects, filming videos. I simply uh, didn't have the day available that it takes me to prepare a Wednesday show. Uh, it's easily six to eight hours of preparation for my Wednesday technical financial planning shows. So I was constant. So so back. So the the conflict with the Irregulars program is that I'm spending a lot of time focused on building content for the show. And I'm feeling guilty about not creating courses. And so I'm constantly feeling guilty about not creating courses. But I've set the expectation, and I've done it intentionally. I'm not crying or whining about any of this. I've set the expectation that I'm going to release Radical Personal Finance five days a week. And that is what my focus is. So I simply, by the end of the week, with the number of hours that I have, I haven't had a lot of time available with my time budget to commit toward uh, – toward creating courses and answering comments and and, all, and redesigning the website and all this other stuff, which is fine. This is what all entrepreneurs face. And again, this is, this is normal to life. But I realized I'd created a problematic incentive is if my commitment to my irregulars program was to create additional content, that I needed to cut back on the number of shows that I'm creating simply to free up the hours in the week. Or if my commitment is to the show, I need to figure out a way to serve that audience and not disappoint expectations there serving that audience uh, over and that cuts into the course time so months went by and I didn't haven't even created a single course so finally in January I was able to I knew I was having this problem and I f- would feel guilty every time I thought about the irregulars program which led to me promoting it poorly on the show so instead of giving you an excellent uh, committed sales pitch uh, during every show outlining the benefits of the irregulars program well there's some the benefits was, hey, you know, can you toss me some money? <laughs> and that led to me feeling a little bit embarrassed about my failing commitment to my irregulars. And so that led to me doing poor promotion on the show uh, and constantly feeling guilty about it even when I did promote it because I would had made a promise that I wasn't fulfilling. So I, I surveyed my irregulars members and with an email and I got a lot of awesome responses. And thank you to each and every one of you who responded to that. But what I learned from that survey, when I asked my members, I said, what can I create? The majority answer that I received was, I don't particularly care about your creating anything more. I I like the show and I just wanted to send you some money to support the show. And I realized I needed to change course. And I needed to align the incentives for the show and create a way for the show to actually pay for itself in order to fund my actual activity of it rather than building everything on the uh, everything on you know extra products and everything on the on the irregulars program the other problem with the irregulars program number 1 not only was i not was i creating a conflict of interest with the amount of hours that i had 
But because of kind of setting the impression, although I don't think I explicitly promised it because I didn't intend to if I did, but setting the impression that I was going to be releasing extra courses as a benefit specifically for the irregulars, they're simply with $10 a month and where I was at with uh, where I am at right now with about 82 subscribers. I simply there's not enough financial incentive there for me to spend the 20 or 30 hours to create a course, uh, whether that's you know even if, if let's just assume a four-hour course, uh, well done one. By the time it's created, um, you know it's built, it's written, it's created, it's recorded or whatever. You know whatever the course is, I can't imagine doing one in fewer than 20 hours. And there's not enough financial incentive there for me to set that up and actually do it uh, for the listeners of the show excuse me, for the irregulars based upon the amount of revenue. And I realized I was severely underpricing my irregulars program. So all of these things led to this conflict. And I gave it a lot of thought. And I realized that I need, I basically have a couple of options available to me. I either need to, at this point in the show, I need to transition to building out much more paid content and using the platform that I've built with Radical Personal Finance for other means. So for example, building courses, building, uh, you know, doing speaking engagements, doing paid, paid things like that, and using the base that I've built with radical personal finance and jump into those areas. But if I do that, I need to cut back on the amount of time that I'm doing on the show. Uh, there's no question about it. I'm doing a thousand episodes of the show. Unless I'm dead, uh, I'm doing a thousand episodes. Uh, but the timeline of those episodes is, uh, I'm not sure. I don't really want to do that because I love doing the daily show that I do. I really enjoy focusing on that. And so that it, I want to focus on still continuing to create the show. Well, that brings up the need then to focus on building the show and making the show itself as a product profitable, which leads to a couple of options. It leads to most uh, realistically advertisers and sponsorships and that right now is a very viable option. I've had advertisers approach me, multiple ones. I've negotiated certain things with some of them. And I am willing to bring on advertisers as long as it's a personal endorsement by me. Uh, I'm willing to bring on advertisers, but I've been slow to do that. And the reason I've been slow is, A, I think advertisers will dilute the show. And I just don't love listening to, to advertisements myself. Uh, I generally skip them on podcasting uh, when I listen to them. I usually skip them myself. Uh, and so I don't, I just don't love diluting the content of the show. And the number two is I, I just despise how people often in many businesses often only talk about a certain aspect of advertising. And I'm not saying it's necessarily unethical. I don't see any other way around it, but I just, I just despise how it's done. And I feel cheated when people do it in the way that many people do it. Let me, I'll give you an example. This is one that really has bothered me. When I set up my site and I set up my show, I didn't know what I was – I never set up a WordPress site. I never set up a blog site. I, I, I'm not a techie. I'm a financial planner. So, And I was doing it myself. So I just say, well, what, what do people recommend? So I start just going with what people recommend. Well, if you haven't noticed and if you if – you, if you haven't noticed, it's only because you don't pay any attention to like the online business world. But if you pay any attention to the online business world, you immediately find that there's one hosting provider that everybody recommends. And that hosting provider is a company called Bluehost. Now, it wasn't until I actually you know, went through somebody's affiliate, affiliate link, set up a Bluehost uh, account, set up my site on Bluehost, paid my few dollars a month for it. 
until I actually found somebody that was technical enough and they said, oh, why did you go with Bluehost? And I said, well, everyone said that. Well, what I've since learned out is since learned is that Bluehost simply pays the highest commissions in the web hosting space. And there's nothing wrong with their service, but it's cheap. And quickly enough, if you're on Bluehost and if your site gains any traction, you will have to transition from cheap to good. And I felt betrayed. Because I wish somebody had told me that there was cheap and there was good and laid out simply and said, if you want cheap, here's an, uh, uh, an affiliate link I've set up with Bluehost. And if you want good, here's an affiliate link I've set up with another company. And if you want great, here's an affiliate link I've set up with another company. And you pick. But it's tough for people promoting online web stuff to do that. They have to say, well, Bluehost, you know, is, this is my recommendation. And you only find out after the fact that, well, wait a second, Bluehost may pay a great commission, but they're not necessarily great. Now, I don't care. So this is – people have this beef with the financial business, and I think they should. I think that you know, financial advisors should be held to account of are you selling the product that has the highest commission or are you selling the product that is the best in this set of circumstances? That's what I expect as an ethical point of view from financial advisors. And I also expect the same thing from everybody else. If you're going to get mad at financial advisors, if you're going to get mad at people like me who have sold lots of commissioned products, lots of commissioned insurance, I have sold some commissioned investments. Uh, not all the investment products that I sold were fee only, which is the thing that everyone thinks you know fills all the conflicts of interest. It doesn't. Uh, but I expect the same from everyone else. And I expect someone to say, if you want cheap, here's Bluehost. If you want good, here's this company. If you want great, here's this company and they're more expensive. Let me choose. And nobody does that. And which, by the way, if you're wondering why most blogs have the little how to set up a blog, here's my little tutorial, which is fine. That works. Just tell people that's why you're doing it. Why can't I would buy? I specifically go out of my way to support people with the, their affiliate links when they recommend products because I want them to get money. And many of you do the same for me. I don't have any affiliate links other than the Amazon links that I put in the show, but you go out of your way to send me money. Again, I've had listeners send me checks, and I thank you for that because that's how I believe it should be. Uh, I go out of my way to do that for people that bring value to me. Just tell me about it. And so that's my trouble with sponsorships is for me to do sponsorships, I got to do them in my way. And that's, you know, hey, this is the unique situation in which this, this sponsor can serve you. This is the unique selling proposition of this sponsor. They're not the best at this. They're not the best at that. They're not the best at the third thing, but they are great at this. And that's the kind of sponsor that I can take on. But that's tough to negotiate those sponsorship agreements, and it's tough to feel confident, tell your sponsors that, and it's tough to also feel confident that, that you've got enough you know, of an audience in this niche topic here where, hey, if you need this niche financial service, service then here is who you can uh, approach. So I'm willing to bring on sponsors. In fact, I, I, I'm willing to, but I don't really want to. I want to be more than anything. I want to be the consumer reports of financial media. I don't want the conflicts of interest. And that's the other thing. It is, this, sounds, this is self-serving, but this is the other thing. <sighs> Having spent so long dealing with conflicts of interest because there are plenty in financial business and having spent so long fighting to do a good job and declare them and expose them and let the client choose 
and simply convey things factually, explain, here are my conflicts, here's where I'm at. Uh, now you are now armed with the information you need. Here's my recommendation. Here are the potential conflicts of interest. And I, I'm a, you probably heard me do it on the show. I'm a bit of a stickler about it. For example, if I'm talking about you know, Joshua's opinion on life insurance. I lead, which my opinion on life insurance is I think the majority of people should probably have a lot of it. Now, I'm biased. I used to say this every time. I'm biased. I sell life insurance. I have a conflict of interest. So you have to factor that in to the advice that I'm giving. Is Joshua saying everybody should have lots of term life insurance because he sells term life insurance or because he believes everyone should tell term life insurance? And I do that with everything. Try to explain my bias and explain the potential bias so that you can understand and make a decision. And that's what I expect from other people. So I've got to lead by example and illustrate those ethics for other people as well. Um, so let me stay on task. So if I, I, if I bring on sponsors, then I will clearly say where this specific sponsor is a fit and also clearly say where they're not. Well, that does make it challenging to bring out sponsors. But the, the biggest thing, uh, excuse me, I got off track with my line of thought. What, what I was saying is after so many years of working in a heavily conflict-laden perspective, to have a microphone where you can say anything you want and you're responsible for the blowback that you create no matter what that is, that is an awesome feeling. <laughs> that is a very freeing feeling. And it's been years since I, since I enjoyed that. And I enjoy it now. It's nice. Because then the only person that I have to pay attention to is I have to look and say, do I believe what I'm about to say? And am I willing to say and take the potential blowback? Do I believe this intensely enough? And if I do, I can say it. No matter how um, uh, radical it is, no matter how uh, mainstream it is, no matter what it is, no matter what the topic is, and I have to deal with the results. And you as an audience member are always, are, are always free to simply hit nope, fast forward or delete or unsubscribe. I love that model. I love that model because it leaves you fully with the choice and me with the choice. Then I can express myself and I can fight to support my opinions and explain to you the logic of my argument and then leave you free to make the decision that's right for you. So I would love to be able to say, stay as the consumer reports of financial media. That's, that's what I would love to do because then I can deliver to you a complete unfiltered view. And, if I, and unfiltered is not always great. If somebody just has some stupid offensive opinion that's not backed up by anything, I don't, I don't appreciate listening to that. I want someone if they have if somebody has an extreme or uh, even potentially offensive opinion on something, uh, at least explain it and let me understand your logic. Let me understand your argument. So, um, so what all of that blows uh, comes down to is. I have decided the best thing for the show at this point is to launch a Patreon campaign. Let me explain what Patreon is and why I love this model and why what I'm doing with it and how I'm hoping you will be involved. Patreon is essentially a crowdfunding site similar in some ways to Kickstarter or uh, what's that other one, Indiegogo, but instead of being focused on a large project – it's focused on ongoing creations. Essentially, it's a way for the audience of somebody's audience to support the creator, the content creator directly 
for the creation. It was started by a guy named, uh, to the best of my research, it was the primary person behind it was a man named Jack Conti, who is a musician and he produces various music videos, which are fascinating, the stuff he does with his music videos on YouTube. And he just realized like there should be a better way. So he created a Patreon and it's a way for individuals where each time he publishes a music video, individuals can pledge a certain amount that they're going to pay for that music video. And it can be, you know, a dollar or it can be, you know, it could be frankly any amount. Uh, but they pledge that. And then when he delivers the creation, then they get charged. And this allows a content creator to build what is the most important thing, which is essentially an ongoing salary, an ongoing financial support base. In when you're running your own personal household or when you're running a business, the toughest thing to handle is your cash flow. And having a consistent cash flow gives you an incredible freedom to be able to invest and to move into certain things. But if you don't know what your consistent cash flow is, you're doing everything based upon savings. You're doing it and you don't know how you can invest in a certain area, take your content in a way that 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 you're looking to to, to go. So what Patreon allows is it allows you, the listener, to choose a monthly amount that you decide this show is worth. Well, it could be a dollar a month, it can be hundreds of dollars a month, anywhere in between. And then it allows you to pledge it. And then as I deliver, you get billed for it. And your fun, your money goes directly from you, directly to me, with a small service fee and uh, transaction fees pulled out by Patreon, and their fees are very reasonable. Uh, all companies have fees. So, for example, PayPal, what is it? I pay 3%, uh, I think, with the PayPal fees. So all of the, the credit card processors, everyone has their fees, but it's very, 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 very useful. And I love this idea. And I feel like it serve, it's going to serve you, the audience, in the best way. Uh, and so that's why I'm, I'm, I'm focusing on it. It's going to serve you in the best way because it allows you to choose a monthly amount that's right for you. Again, I've received many emails and and contact information from you guys saying, I can't do $10 a month, but I really want to send you something. I want to send a dollar a month or five dollars a month. Well, with this platform, every single person can spend a dollar a month, uh, or you know, if that's what you want to do, or two dollars a month, or five dollars a month, whatever amount you decide this show is worth. And I'm grateful for any amount. Uh, and it also allows me to set up and to set up some incentives for you at different levels where you are specifically uh, aligned and able to uh, specifically able to support things and have the incentives aligned with the show. So if you look at the Patreon page and the best way to find it is go to radicalpersonalfinance.com slash patron. Uh, and I'll, that's so that you can become a patron of the show. Uh, if you look at the Patreon page, as I've set it up, I've set up a number of incentives. So, for example, if you pledge a dollar a month, that comes out to essentially five cents a show. And now you get access to an exclusive activity feed, which is similar to pay- Facebook, where I post all the behind-the-scenes information on all things radical personal finance. So I'm focusing on producing a lot of – I'm going to try to produce more and more access of behind-the-scenes stuff directly to support – to those who are supporting uh, the show. Uh, you also get first dibs and I'll set up a discount system for the courses as I develop them in the future. I do still hope to develop courses. I've just got to, it's just a matter of, of an alignment of my of my time and figuring out what's the best thing. If you do, you know, $3 a month, I've got additional incentives there. I'll, you get the top, next day's topic in advance. So I'll be releasing the topic for whatever tomorrow
tomorrow's show is in advance. You can comment on it. You can ask questions, and I'll try to weave that in and directly maybe address your concerns in that show. Uh, $5 a month, your question will get priority in my Friday Q&A shows. At this point, I have too many questions for uh, to answer uh, to answer with uh, on my Friday shows, and so I have to pick and choose, and uh, it, I can filter. I usually filter them based upon content of specifically what's applicable to the audience, what I think the audience will most be interested in and will benefit from. But this will allow me to give a priority to those who are patrons of the show. $10 a month uh, there, then I'm going to set up a free monthly live Google Hangout where I'll take questions and I'll answer everything uh, interactively with the audience. Uh, $25 a month, that's the new Irregulars program. And so I've increased the cost for the, of the Irregulars program from $10 to $25. And here, this is the level at which I'm viewing uh, essentially still the Irregulars program, which I think of as my board of directors. And all of the that's who I'm primarily responsible to in my mind. Uh, and to be clear, those of you who are already supporting the show with the Irregulars program, uh, your uh, costs will never go up for this program. Uh, that's what I'm planning is, I, is I'm going to keep it still a little bit wonky to integrate the technology. But what I'm working to do is to just thank you for the initial support that you gave for the show because that means the world to me. Uh, the big benefit, you get all those other benefits uh, for the Irregulars program that uh, – you get all the benefits of the the irregulars program, but in addition to uh, the you know the other stuff, you get access to our private irregulars Facebook group. And what I wanted to do was to create a forum, but I wasn't able to get that to work well. So we've created a private Facebook group, and every irregular has access to that. It's a closed group. You can't find it if you go search on Facebook. You can't at, you can't join it unless uh, you receive an invitation. But I am spending the majority of my time in there. Uh, trying to make sure that I'm very, very available to listeners, and I'm uh, I'm spending less time on email, I'm spending less time on show contents, and I'm really dedicated to spending as much of my time in that Facebook group as I can answering questions. And the coolest thing is, it's not just me. There's a bunch of irregulars that are some very smart people, very connected, very experienced in very in many areas: online business, investing, uh, business, you know, traditional business. And it's it's even even so far it's growing to be a pretty cool community, and I think it's just going to get better and better as time goes on. So that's that's a big one. And then I've got another mem- level there at two hundred dollars a month. If you want to support the show at that level, then I'll do an entire show um, on the topic of your choice. You tell me the topic. So if you want to get Joshua to just research a topic for you, uh, and you want to make sure it gets done, support the show at two hundred dollars a month. Uh, and then I will I'm going to host a once a month, uh, essentially a mastermind call. That's limited to four people, but we'll host a once a month uh, mastermind call with those four people and I will give you as much uh, attention and focus as I can. Uh, and so I'm going to be reporting to you um, most importantly. So that's in different levels that you can join at and every level matters. Uh, again, even a dollar a month uh, will be mat- would matters. Uh, I've if at this point in time, let me let me go through the campaigns. Let me tell you kind of how it works out as far as listenership of the show and the numbers. Uh, I'm also running a number of campaigns. And these campaigns are goals under which I'll be reporting to you of certain amounts. So for example, the first goal is $2,000 a month. If we can build the patron, uh, the patron campaign up to $2,000 per month, 
at that point in time, I'm going to commission a new intro for the show. <laughs> so those of you who hate the music, <laughs> then uh, I'm going to commission a new intro for the show. And those of you who love the music, it'll still be around every now and then, but it's maybe it'll be the outro music, but it is a little, it's a little much to do it at both, both sides of the show. So that's the first thing is to get to that. Uh, at $4,000 a month, and you can see right on the Patreon, Patreon page, just go to RadicalPersonalFinance.com slash patron, and you can see it. Uh, you can see it right there. Uh, by the way, both Patron or Patreon will work. So RadicalPersonalFinance.com slash Patreon is the site. Patron is you. You are the individual patron who's patronizing the show. You're a patron of the arts. <laughs> so uh, if you go to that, you can see the number of, at per month. Once I get it at $4,000 per month, I will create a video course on the topic of you're the audience choice, and I will release that free. Instead of separate, setting that up as a separate um content for other people, then I will release that directly to all of the patrons. And that will be of as much value as I can possibly build. And then the big one is uh, ad-free. So the level of financial income that I need is for the show, for this aspect of the show, to keep the show ad-free is about $6,000 per month. And uh, if we can get to $6,000 per month, I will commit to keeping the ad, the show ad-free. That's the first, uh, that's the big push that I'm going to be uh, asking for you to push toward and support the show at is a six thousand dollars a month i can keep the show ad free and uh the, the i've got other ones as well so for example i really want to bring a producer onto the show someone to help me edit uh especially some of the interviews some of the interviews get very long and they could use some editing but again with that the reason that they are long is uh, i'm doing this with <laughs> the number of hours that i have in a week and uh, i just i don't have the the time that I'm able to budget towards sitting down and going through the interview and editing it carefully uh, and put, you know making it more cons- more concise. And I could certainly I could do fewer shows and release them more and and commit that time. But I've received so much feedback from so many of you that you really are benefiting from the broad, diverse show topics. And so I want I feel like that's a better priority. But after we get to the $6,000 per month, I'll do a producer campaign. I'll do other campaigns. And the key with all of this is that everything, you'll notice every one of the incentives is focused on the show. And so what I've done is I've aligned my personal incentives to create a really great show for you and to serve you directly for listening to the show. Not for Joshua over here writing a book or not for Joshua over here creating a course. It's all about the show. And yes, I'm, I, I will still do those other things. But now instead of having that internal conflict of should I do the show or should I focus on the serving you, the patrons – my direct incentive here is to serve you, the patrons. And so today, I am launching this as a three-month campaign, and a little over three months. But the first initial phase of this campaign is until June 1st. And I'm committing to keep the show ad-free until June 1st. And if we can get the if you if us if we together can build the show content, excuse me, build the patron. Uh, uh, contributions to $6,000 per month before June 1st, I will continue to keep the show ad free. And um, this is, it's bad form to talk about your personal like things. It's better form in sales to always talk about the needs of your audience. But let me tell you why I'm choosing that. Um, so far I have funded, uh, I'm just, I've invested in the business with my time and with my money out of my own savings and then done other work to support my family. And again, this is not a request for for charity. Uh, I'm coming up to the, I was prepared to do that for one year uh, from when I launched the show and I launched the show on July 1. And so 
Uh, I was prepared to do that for one year. Now, at that point in time, uh, until one year, uh, but the other thing is my wife and I were expecting a baby girl this summer. And so that's going to be even more cut down on the amount of time that I have available. And so I need the show to be financially viable for me to continue doing it at the rate that I'm doing it uh, by that one year time po- uh, time horizon. And so if I, I know that I can make the $6,000 a month with the level of listenership and the ad and ads uh, if I were to do that. Uh, so, but I really, again, for the reasons I've sketched out for your benefit, I'm hoping to do this with this crowdfunding campaign instead of with ads. So if we can do this by Jan- June 1st to get to $6,000 a month, I will keep the show ad free forever. Uh, if we can't do it by June 1st, then I'll bring ads onto the show. Uh, and then uh, probably once we get it under $6,000 a month, my plan would then be to scrap the ads. Uh, so I'm hoping that you guys, um, can can do it. Uh, so at this point, I just simply ask you to consider supporting the show. And here's the the key: if every listener to the show pledged just two bucks a month, that would be uh, we're at six thousand dollars, and I can keep the show ad free for you forever. And then many of you hopefully will pledge at a much higher amount than that. And then I can get some really cool stuff uh, done. I can get better interviews. I can uh, do things. I mean, I've, there's so many things. As you bootstrap an, uh, a business, and I hope you'll find this out as you bootstrap your own business or build your own business, you've got to make sure that you're focusing on what the on what serves the on what serves your customers. There are, as an example, there are a bunch of big name people that I would love to interview. I'd love to interview, um, you know, Markowitz and Sharp and and and. Um, uh, John Bogle, Jack Bogle, and and you know I've, here on the island I've got there are hundreds of billionaires within a fifteen minute drive from me, and I'd love to interview each one of them. Uh, the challenge is where to allocate your time, and so once I get I can build a financial model underneath the show that's supporting that, then I can really increase the 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 level of content uh, to a much higher level, and I'm still regardless of whether. Regardless of it, I'm committed to doing this thing at a world-class level, so I still am doing those. But for me to get on a plane and fly to Philadelphia and sit down with Jack Bogle for an hour or two, uh, I'd love to do that. But uh, it's got to be—I've got to be able to support it and justify it uh, to my bookkeeper, which is me, to my business coach, which is me. <laughs> so if every listener to the show pledged two bucks a month, we're at six thousand dollars. I can keep the show ad-free forever, and then we can build into some some really great uh, some really great content. So I would just simply ask you to consider uh, to consider uh, supporting the show and consider being my customer directly. And I commit to you if you pledge to the show, uh, I commit to you to continue working as hard as I possibly can, and I promise to keep bringing to you in-depth financial information that will help you to to reach your financial goals. And I'll do it in a straightforward way. I'll tell you what I think every single time. I will explain why I think so, what I do so that you can figure out if I'm right or if I'm wrong. And I will, um, and I'll bring you thousands of dollars of, of, of tips and advice and information that will help you. I will bring you thousands of dollars worth of that uh, in the sh- in future shows. And <laughs> as your financial advisor, I would tell you, you know, if you can invest ten bucks a month or twenty five bucks a month or one dollar a month and get thousands of dollars per month of value, 
That's a pretty good investment. And I can't think of another investment that's going to help you uh, as much as that one. Uh, I really can't. Uh, I, that's my commitment is to, to, to produce that level of value. It's a little bit slow going sometimes. I've had a bit of a learning curve in learning it, but that's my level of commitment to you. As the promo that I played there at the beginning, um, actually, uh, as the promo I'm about to play for you uh, said, uh, sorry, I was going to edit it in later, but I'm just going to put it in here instead of at the beginning. Uh, this listener, um, as you'll hear in the testimonial, this listener saved 30000 found $30,000 a year of savings from the content that uh, I'm creating. $30,000 in a year. Saved $30,000 from his wife choosing to stay at home. Uh, actually, it's going to be in the beginning of the show. You've already heard it. That is... Uh, that is... <laughs> that is awesome. That is really, really awesome. And I will continue. I've gotten more than just that let, that voicemail uh, that I played for you at the beginning. I've gotten so many emails from listeners, and, and, and I know the value is there. And I'll continue to tighten things up on my end. So consider, please uh, go and support the show. Check your show notes. You can click right there or go to RadicalPersonalFinance.com slash patron and become a patron of the show. Super easy to sign up. You can just simply click pledge. All it'll ask you for, you're going to set up a user, uh, a uh, put your name in, email address, password, credit card number. That's it. And you can choose the amount that you can support the show. So, in fact, I am going to skip the outro. So now you have two minutes to do it, <laughs> two and a half minutes that normally you'd be listening to the outro. And I ask you to go do it, radicalpersonalfinance.com slash patron. Watch the video, read the levels, pick an amount that's right for you, and I'll be back with you tomorrow. Mother's Day is almost here. And you can get her the most beautiful, time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.